78 officer. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 1078 Project podcast. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, a little bit about our organization. The 1078 Project is a nonprofit organization that's been founded and developed by law enforcement officers who have been in critical incidents and officer-involved shootings. Our goal here at the 1078 Project is to provide mental health resources, spiritual resources, and practical resources to officers and their families as they navigate the difficult times surrounding an officer-involved shooting or critical incident. In November of 2022, I was involved in an officer-involved shooting, and the days and weeks that followed uh, left me feeling really alone and without assistance. My personal goal and the goal of the 1078 Project is to ensure that no other officer has to have those feelings. With that being said, we're going to dive into today's episode. Our guest today is Will Bates. He was a police officer with St. Louis County for 10 years. He spent three years on patrol. Uh, took a short pit stop in the neighborhood enforcement team, was a TFO to the DEA, and also was a TFO to the FBI. He's been through so many critical incidents um, as a police officer. He's also the founder of Will Be Inspired, which is a nonprofit organization that provides assistance to veterans, soldiers, and first responders, um, really focused on providing uh, fitness, gym memberships, and uh, some other mental health help to those guys. So let's dive into today's episode, and I'll see you on the other side, boys. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How you doing today? I'm good. It's nice to see you again. Um, so I'm uh, super excited to have you on the podcast. I'm super excited for you to talk about your excited nonprofit and uh, and everything that you're doing. Um, and I'm also grateful that, you know, when I first started off that you answered my phone call and yeah. <laughs> that you were willing to hear me out and, and kind of help walk me through a couple of things. So, Absolutely. Um, we'll kind of just... Uh, I know you're on a, on a time crunch, so we'll kind of just, we'll jump into, um, you know, what drew you into law enforcement mm-hmm. and we'll kind of move through your career from there. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, what first got me interested in it was, uh, my father, he was in law enforcement. He did uh, 15 years with the highway state patrol. And then, uh, he did some time with O'Fallon, a local police department here, um, as well. I think he did about five or six years with O'Fallon. Um, so that always, you know, growing up watching him, um, you know, go to hot calls and stuff like that kind of yeah. always kind of piqued my interest. And I, I knew, I knew that I always wanted to kind of get into it and, at some time in my life, but um, after college and stuff, I started getting into the uh, personal training and gym mm-hmm. kind of settings for the most okay. part. But yeah, always, um, you know, growing up, just looking up to my dad, yeah. uh, wanting to be kind of like him. Yeah, what was it like uh, having a, a dad for a cop? It was cool. I mean, he wasn't, uh, my mom was probably a little more strict than he was. Really? But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, he, uh, you know, taught us right from wrong and he uh, had a rule. He said, hey, you're getting in trouble. I'll bail you out one, one time. Yeah, <laughs> and you, that's you get it. one mistake. But yeah, one mistake, and that, that's it. But, no, I mean, he was uh, he was good. Um, <clears throat> no issues. I know some, you know, they talk about pastor's kids and law enforcement kids yeah. or whatever. You either turn you know, out real good right. or you turn out real bad. <laughs> right, yeah. So he lucked out because me and all my brothers were doing, were doing just fine. Okay. You got a big family. How many uh, brothers you got? Uh, so my uh, dad and mom divorced when I was about eight. And uh, he remarried. I have a brother um, with that. And then um, him and my mom had me and my brother, Jeffrey. So that's two of us. Um, And then she remarried and had two brothers and uh, another sister of mine. She got a whole gang. Yep, yep. (laughs) Yeah, we got them all. Um, I'm the oldest, and the youngest is 16. 
Really? Yep. That's a pretty wide variety of, uh, of ages. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you said you went to college. Where'd you go to college? I went to college. I started off at SEMO, mm-hmm. um, went there, and then I ended up going out to a school in Nebraska, U- University of Nebraska at Kearney. Okay. Did you play sports or anything? Or? Uh, no. So I played basketball yeah. growing up, basketball and football. Um, and by the time I got out there, the plan was to play basketball, but didn't really pan out the way okay. yeah. <laughs> the way I thought it would. So I just ended up going to school. Okay. What did you go yeah. to school for? Um, first, it was uh, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. So okay. I went that route. But then I transitioned into sports administration. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, wanted the dream was to open up a gym, you know, personal training and all that kind of stuff. Mm, you may be able to still. Right. Right. Absolutely. You, know, you might Absolutely. be. Able, you might be able to pull that off. <laughs> yep. Um. So you graduate college, um, and just came back to St. Louis, or so? No, actually, um, I didn't graduate. I uh, my dad ended up getting sick and everything like that. So okay. I ended up cutting college short. Uh, I did eventually go back to Lindenwood. I did the uh, LCIE program. Yeah, I know somewhere. But uh, I came back here and just started working, uh, kind of help him out. And um, I worked at Gold's Gym. I did some private security. I was a bouncer, nightclub, yeah. stuff like that. And um, You're built for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah. Basically, just started started working um, at a college and personal training. I was at Gold's Gym for a little bit. Then I went to a Lifetime Fitness out in Ellisville, okay. and I was doing that stuff. Okay. Um, and I was there for about a year. After a year, uh, I met a county detective there. Or, or he was a sergeant, I'm sorry, at the time. And um, he was asking me about, had I ever thought about being in law enforcement? And I said, uh, yeah. I said, I'm going to sign up for St. Louis City at some point. And he was like, uh, he said, why don't you come to the county? <laughs> he said, I, so I can get you on at the county. I said, uh, I said, okay. I said, if you can get on, get me on at the county, I said, I'll try it out. And it was like two, three months later, and, you know, I had a job offer with the county. You went through so. St. Louis County's Academy? Yes, I did. Okay. What mm-hmm. was that like? It was good. It was good. I mean, it was uh, – I know it seems like they try to make a little bit militarized or whatever. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, which I liked, whatever. Um, you know, you're pivoting on corners. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, where, where did you go? Eastern. You went to Eastern? Yeah, but, same concept. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was, uh, you know, uniforms had to be neat and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed my classmates. We had a pretty big class. Um, what year was that? What year did you? Did you this did you was two thousand and nine. Okay, so yeah. law enforcement was super competitive still then. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we had about probably like forty something in my class, yeah. and I don't know, probably a year ago, I, I was asking about one of the classes. Like, uh, we got ten people in the class, yeah, dude. and it just seems yeah. like there's not a huge interest in uh, law enforcement. I wonder anymore. why. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Exactly. I wonder why. One hundred percent. But uh, but no, I mean. Um, had a great time at the county. I started off in the first precinct. I was there for, I want to say, a year and a half before we took over Jennings. Mm-hmm. Then I went over to handle our Jennings detail. For people that aren't familiar with the first precinct, what area? So North County, North St. Louis County okay. um, area, um, the un- unincorporated parts of North St. Louis County. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? Um, it was, uh, I tell people all the time, if you want a, ro- a wide variety, a w- wide range of calls and things to handle you got to start off in the first precinct because yeah. i mean you'll get some of everything there <laughs> i mean shootings robberies burglaries uh, i mean your homicides just pretty much everything you can yeah. handle i mean some of them you might handle all of them one day <laughs> did you remember uh when you got out of the academy do you remember your first hot call like the first call that you went on that was kind of like okay i'm the real police now 
my first hot call coming out of the academy, I want to say it was a robbery. Yeah, I want to say it was a robbery from a um, a, one of the local businesses. Yeah. That uh, and you know when you're when you're new, your field training instructor tries to get you to all the hot calls. So if something yeah. that alert tone comes off, pretty much you or whoever else is new is fighting over you know who yeah, gets there, there and stuff like that. So I want to say it was a robbery, armed robbery. Okay. Um, what was field training like? Did they did run it like most police departments? It was like a three stage process or. So it was, what was it, 12 weeks, I wanted to say. So I start off with uh, my initial field trainer. Then after about, what, six, seven weeks or so with him, I got an alternate field trainer. It was in a different area in the county. So the first one um, I had, we were in the Castle Point type area, neighborhood and stuff like that. So then um, after I was... After I transitioned from him, we went out towards nor- more north, uh, north kind of like Vale, Halls Ferry, that type area, which was a little bit slower, mm-hmm. um, but still active. Um, yeah. But then I went back to my initial trainer um, to finish out. Okay, so they yeah. was it was it like that for everybody? Was it like a you see well, your field trainer back at the very end again? Because I've heard other police departments that do that. That you start with the guy, yeah. and then he sees you at the very end to see your yep. progression. Um, when I was coming through, that's what it seemed like the you know common practice was. But now, um, or even after I got off training and stuff like that, it seemed like um, they were trying to get people experience in different areas. So you might have. Um, somebody come to first precinct from West County or vice versa or whatever. They tried swapping them different um, precincts or whatever okay. to kind of get them, um, you know, a little so bit So your more field experience. trainer would be assigned that would like the field trainer that worked Castle Point, that's his, like his assigned area and he stays yeah, there. Exactly. Is it a bid process? Do they do like a bid process where like you, you know, I don't know if you have a certain amount of seniority, you mm-hmm. can bid for West County. Um, not necessarily. Uh, you mean to just get a, you mean to get just a, like a precinct or a, or a beat within a precinct? Like a beat within a precinct. Oh, um, no, it wasn't a, not, not a bidding thing from what I, I just remember when I got off field training, um, you know, I had Glasgow village area or whatever, and it wasn't really a highly sought after. Yeah, order. So nobody like, hey, you know, this is your permanent beat. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, you know, and some people were, uh, more, I don't know. They wanted, they wanted, like, oh, I want this as a permanent beat, and some people really didn't care. I was like, I was like, I was fine, pretty much riding wherever, but they yeah. assigned me that permanent beat, and I was fine with it. But there wasn't, as far as I was aware, there was no like bidding process, nothing like yeah. that. Um, yes, if you have more seniority and more time on or whatever, you probably got your preferences mm-hmm. over another guy. But if nobody wants a certain area or anything like that, then you know it's kind of up to the supervisor's discretion on uh, who gets it. Now, do you know how big is St. Louis County? Their police department. How many officers do they have? Man, I couldn't. Uh, I honestly couldn't even tell you. I want to say when I was there, it was probably around eight to nine hundred. Okay. Yeah, but uh, right now I couldn't even tell you what the resignations, retirements, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, I don't know where we are right I now. I think they're pretty low staffed, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but most police departments are right now. To right, be hundred percent right. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just people don't want to be in law enforcement anymore. No, absolutely, which absolutely. I, you know, I can understand. I can understand a certain portion of that if mm-hmm. all of society turns your, their back on you, right, right? Why would why would you want to put yourself as a as a twenty something year old 
Oh, yeah. Man, why would you choose that profession? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's, you I'm know, just there's, committed. Yeah, there's a lot of good people out here that still, you know, yeah. sing praises to police and stuff like that, but unfortunately, they're not as loud sometimes as the naysayers. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever yells the loudest gets the most attention. Right, right? exactly. That's um, what it seems like. So, you, you come off field training. Um, and you go into Glasgow Village, which mm-hmm. for people that aren't familiar with uh, the St. Louis area, it's a pretty rough area. Yep, um, correct. I don't know what the average income is, but it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty violent area. Uh, what was your thought process as c- coming off of how, – how old were you then? Uh, 24, 25. 24-year-old man yep. in a car by mm-hmm. yourself uh, in Glasgow. <laughs> what was your – What'd you think? Um, it was uh, definitely eye-opening. Um, you know, I I never really um, grown up in that area or around mm-hmm. the area and everything like that. So it was it was a, an adjustment. But I mean, I never I guess had I mean I, I showed respect and yeah. I was shown respect. Yeah. So um, I never had any real issues but i mean the crime was i mean you know you had your shootings a lot of burglaries um you're busy you're just real busy and then just being on that so that whole little area is its own beat and then you have spanish lake right next to it so if something happens in the lake um and you need help over in glasgow it could be five ten minutes before somebody gets to you over there um i remember at one point i had a uh it was a domestic situation, and um, guys jumped into a car, and I uh, had the car, and they said they had guns and everything like that. So I had a car at gunpoint until, like, I had back up there, like, seven minutes later. So you just the car, the car, stayed like felony stuff? There. Yeah, yeah, car stayed there, got everybody out, run out, and then was able to kind of clear the car. They had guns and all that stuff, but, uh, but I mean, seven-minute you know, response oh, yeah. time. You know, that feels like a lifetime. Oh, yeah, every minute <laughs> but, uh, under stress like that no, feels I like mean, a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, and there's some good people over there um, in Glasgow, too, and especially some of the older people that, you know, just, you know, mm-hmm. didn't care about the crime. They didn't just didn't, didn't yeah. want to move. It was the know? house they yeah. grew up in. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, it was some good people, but uh, I definitely had some um, challenging experiences over that way. <laughs> I wonder, I've always wondered, um, from your position, being black and then being mm-hmm. a police officer and also mm-hmm. working in a predominantly African-American area. Yep. Um did you get it harder or worse than no, dudes around you? Um, no. Or was it easier to gain respect that way? Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily easier. Sometimes people felt or they would say they felt more comfortable talking with me, um, felt like they could relate to me more um, just because of skin color, which, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. you know, people people would seem to treat me with a, a decent amount of respect. I never really had – um, too many issues with that until like like Ferguson happened. I was about to like say that. I was literally going to yep, bring that yep. up because so I remember in Ferguson working that. there was a lot of you know Trader Uncle Tom's this that and all that yeah kind the of dudes stuff. on the line was that were that. not yeah. white got mm-hmm. it the worst yeah. man yeah yeah so that was uh that was probably the yeah the first time where it really you know worked against me I guess you could say yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I remember. Being on the line and the guy next to me was, uh, well, I was from working from a different perspective, wasn't working mm-hmm. like, uh, like on the line, like a, mm-hmm. like a, uh, like a cop. I was doing different things then, but, yeah. um, and there were just oh, yeah. on them, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. On them, just yeah. woo. 
Yep, they were. Yeah. They, they had, uh, you know, then they had just different militant groups and stuff like that. They would come out and, you know, they, they want, you know, like, hey, you should be on our side. Um, you know, you're a traitor, this, that. and But then, you know, in the same breath, they'll say, we don't have enough black police officers. We don't have enough black this, black that. So it's, uh, you know, double edge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a lose-lose for, yeah, yeah, for, my, yeah. for us. So, um, so. You are working at St. Louis County. Um, how long were you in Glasgow for? Glasgow for, I want to say, probably probably about a year or so. Yeah, okay. probably about a year. And then um, we uh, took over Jennings, or we started doing the police services mm-hmm. for the city of Jennings. And um, that's when I moved over to Jennings. And I was at Jennings uh, for about another about a year or so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so... But Pretty similar dynamic to yeah, Glasgow, for, yeah, for the most part. Or, well, I mean, just North County in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have your busy areas and in your areas that aren't as busy. But um, the city of Jennings, I believe, is like three point three square miles. So, I mean, you can get anywhere you need to get to pretty quick. Was it a contracted position at that point? <coughs> yeah, so the city was paying yep. St. Louis County yep. to okay. for yep, for police services and everything. Three like point that. something miles, and just one dude working that three point something. No, miles. Uh, we had four. They had four separate beats. Four separate yep. beats. They had three, four beats. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. That's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Yep, four beats. So, um, and they expected all those to be full. So, I mean, every shift is supposed to supposed to have four beats. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm guessing that working in St. Louis County, that what do you think the average, like your major crimes, your robberies, your homicides, your burglaries, how often were you dealing those, dealing with those things on like a regular basis? Like how, like in a month, how many times you go into a robbery? In a month, a robbery, like a real robbery. Yeah. Like not a dope um, rip, like a real robbery. Cause I mean, I'm sure you're getting dope rips all the time, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a couple times a month. Okay. I mean, you had, I mean, your hot calls were like, Drug stuff, um, domestics, domestics, domestics were a lot, a lot of the calls, yeah. um, burglaries, but as far as like, like your robberies, um, I'll probably, I'll probably say maybe me personally, it'd probably be about twice a month or something like that. Okay. Yeah. What was your goals and aspirations? Like, what did you want to do when, when you started at St. Louis County? What did you want to do? Uh, initially when I started, I want to be on the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. I want to be on tactical operations. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, once I kind of saw how everything moved, I uh, felt like I would gel best with the uh, Narcotics Drug Enforcement mm-hmm. Bureau. So then that became the goal. Was that kind of like yep. your primary focus for you personally, like working on a on a regular basis? Like any self-initiated activity, was it focused towards drugs? Um, not not necessarily. Um, <clears throat> it just kind of depended, depended on what we were having issues with, I guess, at the time. You know, if it was you know, people coming in to buy drugs or people trafficking drugs in the area, then, yeah, that was it. If it was, you know, car break-ins or, um, you know, burglaries and stuff like that, that would be it. Um, but I, I never really – but, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I saw something that looks sus- like looks suspicious like a drugs transaction or something like that, then, yeah, I mean, I would I would kind of hone in on it if it was a self-initiated. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. How, uh, how long did it take you to get into narcotics? Um, three years. Okay, so you yep. spent. About did two, you spend the remainder of your time at Jennings? No, no. So then I, I spent a short amount of time in Jennings, but then um, I went north. Uh, First Precinct had a 
um, enforcement team, um, neighborhood enforcement team. Um, so it's basically a specialized group um, to kind of get out there. And, uh, you know, we weren't radio responsive, so we were able to kind of do more self-initiated stuff, um, kind of do a little bit more surveillance stuff. And, and problem um, solvers. Yep, absolutely. So I worked that for about six months, and then I went into um, the Drug Enforcement Bureau. Yep. Okay. Uh, how big was your team, the little jump out team you guys had? Uh, we, I want to say about seven, seven okay. people. Yep. So seven guys, and I'm guessing it was kind of like, uh, hey, we're having problems with, and we've had six burglaries in this area over the last mm-hmm. three months. Can you guys? Yeah, or, or different like hot spots in the area yeah. where, you know, um, heavy drug sale areas um, or like I said before, like the burglaries and stuff like that, just kind of whatever the precinct was struggling with at the time, um, we would try to combat that. Okay, just be tasked with mm-hmm. it, deal yeah. with this. Exactly. Find out who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you, uh, how long did you spend there? Uh, probably about six months. Okay. <clears throat> so six months there, and then uh, you move over to narcotics. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yep, it was a, <laughs> it was a different. <laughs> it yeah. was different. No, I liked it. Um, worked with some great people. Um, very very fast paced um very uh it's pretty dangerous or whatever i mean you're running and gunning and stuff like that if you want to say um was involved you know had different shooting incidents that we'd be involved in um um undercover transaction drug transactions um we would go after um homicide suspects um Really, uh, did you guys have designated roles? Did you have guys that were like more like street team guys or investigators, and then guys that were like strictly doing uh, uh, and stuff? Yeah, you had your you know, your guys that pretty much strictly did you know, undercover work, but uh, I mean, everybody pretty much did the work, you know. Um, I mean, even some of the undercover guys would you know, do takedowns sometimes, um, just kind of depend on what the situation was. Mm Then what was kind of your role in that whole thing? Uh, enforcement, okay. like takedowns, okay. Um, you know, investigations. So you got the best of like both yep. worlds. You got Absolutely. to be in the in in the drug world, but also yep. get to do all yep. the tactical stuff that you've been wanting to do. Absolutely, absolutely. So, no, it was good. Um, you know, uh, just tight knit group of guys, good guys. You know, people you could trust with watching your back. Um, but yeah, um, before I got into the unit. I did a ride along with them um, probably a year prior and um, basically kind of just showing me how they operate and everything like that. And um, we did a, a jump out um, after a drug, drug transaction. Then I ended up getting hit by a vehicle at that point in time. Um, someone who was trying to, um, yeah, didn't want to be arrested. Yeah, I'll wanted say, to get away. Whatever, yeah. But then um, he ran me down, um, got pinned between a couple cars, oh and um, it was a different <laughs> experience okay. so so you weren't even in the unit no, at that I wasn't, point. I wasn't even in the unit at that point you just nope. decided to do a ride along <laughs> yeah. one day mm-hmm. that was it was my first day riding along with them yeah really <laughs> yeah um, so um ended up going to the hospital but everything was good um nothing nothing really broken or whatever it had some strains and tears and, and stuff like that but it was a uh, being on the hood of a car was different <laughs> yeah um so you guys vehicle assaulting i'm guessing uh, we, we, we really, yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah, there were two different vehicles involved. And so I was at one vehicle trying to get the guy out and the other vehicle came from the back of the parking lot and slammed into me. Okay. Yep. 
Okay, so you're focused here and the car yep. coming from a different direction. Yep. Alrighty. Um, you said you were stuck in between two, what did you just say? Two, two cars. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that how the, why the car stopped? Yeah, Because yeah. it hit another car? Yeah, because it hit me in the other car and it was, yeah. But I mean, it was still had its tires revving and stuff like that, but it couldn't get really? through. You had me in the other car. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and what happened from that point? Um, that point, um, he, uh, the team was able to take him down or whatever. And then I got free. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like physically take him down. You guys were involved in a shooting or. Mm, yeah. Uh, we were involved in the shooting. Okay. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, still here. So I'm thankful for that. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was my first, ex- uh, introduction to, you know, the narcotics world and playing clothes and stuff like that. Um, but I liked it. I loved it. Um, we were pretty much, you know, the same role up until like Ferguson, then role kind of changed or whatever. We kind of helped out a lot with, you know, arrest and stuff like that during that period of time. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Did you just move away from more pro productive, like being proactive and, and kind of, cause it seems like mm-hmm. it, it seems like most police departments, after, especially in this area, after, um, you know, Ferguson kind of pulled back on productivity and focused more on yeah. know, violent crimes and stuff. Yeah, like that. no, yeah, no, I, I will say that it seems like um, there was a. It didn't seem like they they wanted as much self initiated yeah. stuff, um, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, um, you know, even t- to this day, that you know, the guys are really out there pumping, um, like working and stuff like that. It's just, um, you know, policing looks different yeah, for nowadays sure. for for everybody. But I mean, you still have I mean, your hard workers, and you have your guys that don't want to do a whole lot. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, in that in that group is, uh, I mean, everybody's pretty much a hard charger. Yeah, how big is yeah. it? How big is that group? Oh, the well, the whole unit in general. I want to say probably like 50 people okay. in so general, that's, but that's then, bro- then broken into, you know, separate groups and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. 50 yeah. people is pretty big. Um, let's go back to the, to the, uh, critical incident. So you, you're riding on the top of the hood of this car. Yeah. Well, you I'm get on smashed the top, into yeah. another car mm-hmm. and that car comes to a stop. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, your boys all take care of business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you're transported to the hospital. Yes, okay. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you said nothing was broken or anything like nope, that. No, nah, nope, no, no, no real, bones, no nope, severe injuries. strains and um, had some issues with my back and everything like that. But went through physical therapy and I uh, was able to get that pretty, um, pretty knocked out. Were you out on light duty or anything for? A oh yeah, yeah. I was, okay. I was out for, I want to say, three months or so. Okay. Yep. Um. Mentally, what was it like going back to work after something like um, that? It was, uh, I mean, I was I was fine for the most part. Um, you know, there for a couple of days or whatever, it was kind of, you know, it was like, thank God, and, you know, praying yeah. and stuff like that. And, yeah. But um, I wasn't too bad. You know, they make you see um, Santa Claus or the, the shrink. I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make you see the shrink and everything before you go back and all that. And, you know, he talks with you about everything, but really, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, I mean, I, I don't know. It was just kind of a surreal experience. Really. It really didn't hit me that, you know, I could have died or, mm-hmm. you know, some, I mean, but I don't know. It was, a uh, yeah, I was fine going back to work. I was a little more vigilant, 
you know, especially yeah. around cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but no, it was definitely, uh, like I said, eye-opening. Yeah. Um, and I'd been in, you know, other, you know, shooting incidents and stuff like that with some of my guys where they were, you know, shooting or we were getting shot at. Um, there were a couple of times we were pinned down by gunfire. Um and uh, you know, at, you know, late at night, whatever, we couldn't see where it's coming from. So we're sitting here looking for mu- muzzle flashes to to see where. Um, Is this why you're shots. working on patrol, or why you're working in? Uh, in the when in the in the unit when I okay. when I'm a detective. Yeah, okay. yep, yep. So, what's yep. the backstory to that one? Um, well, one was one was um, during the stuff you know in Ferguson and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one point in time we come down the road, they start uh, wheeling dumpsters out into the street to kind of block it off and everything like that. So we get out to... Protesters, you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we get out to, you know, start, you know, making arrests and things like that or kind of seeing what's going on, and um, then just shots start coming our direction. There, there used to be a video on YouTube. Um, one of the reporters was pinned down with us. Really? Or whatever, and they were, and he was still rolling, and they, you know, we were just taking shots. Um, we were all behind, like, a van or whatever, and trying to see where it's coming from, just taking shot after shot after shot. <laughs> really? <laughs> Until they ran out, yep. <laughs> that seems like that'd be a pretty difficult one to deal with, not really it knowing was. where it's oh, coming yeah, from. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Yep, definitely. Definitely, we had a, a guy with us who'd been in the military and everything, and, you know, when you, when it's that close to you, whatever you, you kind of hear it, but you don't, you're not sure what it is at first. And he's like, "Up, oh, they're shooting." <laughs> like, <laughs> then you can kind of, you know, hear glass breaking and stuff like that. But yeah, How, was this uh, like Ferguson one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. this is the original. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's all kinds of crazy yep. stuff happening. Yeah, in that I, was, first. I was there for all of it. So, <laughs> but yep, yeah, yeah for the first part of everything. <clears> but, but yeah, no. um, involved in you know several critical incidents um even i've been caught in the middle of uh you know rival gang shootouts while being on surveillance um had my car shot up um i've had uh you know gun battles with i mean with protest situations or whatever um guy hops out with ak-47 and just battling it out um but i'd probably say i've been involved in probably like six seven really um, incidents um, where gunfire was exchanged or taken or something like that, but yeah, but um, but no, I mean I've, I kept a you know cool head and you know almost like you kind of become numb, numb to it, especially before kids. But then after you have kids, you you know you kind of <laughs> think about changer. things differently and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, with the last couple, I'd say um, I started thinking to myself, you know, you know, for one, I'm grateful, you know, God you know, saw, saw me through a lot of it, but then it's like, uh, you know, what, what my legacy might be or what else have I done with my life? Or if I were to die today, what would people say about me? Yeah. And then that's kind of when will be inspired came up to, uh, try and help other people. And, um, that's why I kind of started that back in 2021. Um, Initially, it was just going to be a, like a pay it forward to mm-hmm. military veteran um, to thank you for your service. And mm-hmm. um, because with me, what helped me in all those times were when I was stressed out or feeling down and everything like that, I went to the gym, worked out. So I'm like, you know, if it works for me, you know, maybe it could work for somebody else or, you know, give a veteran, you know, a hand up, you know, yeah. get them started in the gym or something like that. So I put it out on social media and, um, 
I didn't get a, a whole lot of response from people wanting it, but I got a lot of response from people like wanting to help and stuff like that. And so I had one guy reach out to me and he said, Hey, if you get one, I'll match you so you can get two. So I said, okay. So I went to <clears throat> the local anytime fitness, um, like right around the corner from where I live. And, um, the guy there, I was like, Hey, you know, the manager or the guy who operated the gym, I was like, Hey, you know, any veterans that could use this or, you know, having a rough time or whatever, just kind of like a thank you for your service. And he's like, yeah, I got, you know, I got a couple guys. So we get those guys taken care of. We get them a year paid in full gym membership to the gym. And then he says, um, well, I know some other people too. I was like, okay. And I was like, in my head, I was like, man, well, how do you just stop it too? So mm-hmm. I just, uh, I got on social media. I was like, hey, you know, I got these two memberships. I said, but I'm willing to, you know, keep doing this if you guys, you know, as long as people donate and as long as you guys want to, you know, keep helping out our veterans and stuff and then money just started kind of flooding in. Yeah. Um, then it turned into, I incorporated um, law enforcement. Then I just said veterans and first responders because uh, my buddy uh, my buddy runs a nonprofit out in Colorado called Revital Mm -hmm. and they do um, all uh, first responder you know fire police EMT and um, being on the police side of things I never really knew what some of the fire guys kind of had to go through in their lives and some of the things that they've seen and Mm -hmm. been through as well which is you know, uh, can be equally traumatic. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's get some, you know, firefighters taken care of and stuff too. Um, so start off with gym memberships. Then I got some mental health counselors on board. Um, you know, with the new technologies coming out, I have people, um, that I can refer to for EDMR, mm-hmm. um, for, uh, brain balancing, um, for things of that nature, advanced yeah. resolution therapy. Um, we've done, uh, retreats, um, my buddy has a place out in Colorado, whatever, like a ranch type place. Yeah. We've taken some uh, people out there um, for retreats. Um, and then they also do a wellness conference out there. Uh, and I've taken a lot of, uh, like this past year, we took the uh, St. Louis city police officers who um, stopped the gunmen at, yeah. um, what, what, two years ago yeah. um, that was at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, we took about five of those guys um, and their wives and stuff out there. A um, little time just to kind of decompress. Um, what is the, what is that conference kind of, or what does that retreat consist it's called, of? So it's called the Level Up Wellness Conference in Denver, mm-hmm. Colorado. Is that part of the Revival Revital, guys? yep. Revital. So they, it's put on by Revital. Um, it's a calling. And um, probably three or four other um, foundations, whatever they kind of come out in Colorado, they have it. <laughs> they have it put together pretty well. Yeah. They all come together and uh, put this conference on, and they have you know different speakers, people that have been involved in shootings, um, just other traumatic incidents. Um, they have you know doctors that'll come up and talk about how to deal with mental um, stress and depression and PTSD, things like that. They have uh, they even have. Uh, what is it? Uh, they're not doctors, but they have people who can kind of come up and talk about like blood work or whatever. Um, and there's certain blood markers that can kind of tell like, hey, I can tell if you're going to have mm-hmm. a heart attack in the next, you know, year or something like that. Or, I mean, it's pretty interesting. All of a sudden, and then they have nutritionists. Um, then they have, you know, wives that talk about, you know, what the, you know, the wife side of, is of things of being with a you know yeah. police officer and stuff like that. So it's a uh, very beneficial. And the cool thing I, I get to see is, you know, the people that I bring up from St. Louis connecting with other people who might have their same story. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. We we've, we've been there t- uh, two years in a row now doing that. Um, we do I do a golf tournament annual golf tournament every year. In this past year or in November of 2023, we did a gala um, to raise that. money. Yeah, yeah, for for the cause. So no, everything's going good. I think we're at like 72, 73 memberships now um, for military veterans and first responders. Um, a lot of our people have gotten some good help from the mental health counselors. Um, I have a guy. Are they local counselors that you're yep, using? Yep. Uh, one's in Clayton and one's in the St. Charles area. Um, and I have a guy who, you know, because, you know, every once in a while I put out questionnaires like, hey, you know, what's one thing that, you know, you guys could really use help with? And uh, one thing was uh, some people have been having issues with the VA, um, getting certain benefits and filling yeah. out the paperwork. So I have a guy now who uh, will not only help them fill out paperwork, but he'll stay with them throughout the whole process. Um, I have an I have a guy now who I just brought on. He's a uh, he used to be the nutritionist, the director of nutrition for the Denver Broncos, Colorado Avalanche, the Rockies, um, and he's worked with multiple other sports teams. Now he's working with me too, so we'll get blood work done. I have a you know a couple clinics here that you know military veterans, first responders. If you want to get your blood work done, you know you can hit me up and uh, send you one of these clinics. You know just see where your markers are. See. Uh, you know, if you are where you need to be um, overall health-wise, and um, I can send, or they can send their blood work to this guy, and uh, he can kind of go over every, you know, everything with you and just kind of provide you with information that might help you lead a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, I love it, dude. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, staying busy with that, but, you know, the catalyst for it was, you know, the incidents that I've been through myself because I know, you know, you know, some of the military veteran guys go through a lot worse than I've been through. And then even yeah. others, some first responders, whatever, have been through some of my incidents and, uh, like I said, worse or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess my, my question to you too mm-hmm. is, is did you feel like there was any, so when you were going through all these things, mm-hmm. you've been through multiple shooting incidents, mm-hmm. injured and everything. Was there any organizations that were like reaching out to you or trying to help out or, or was it kind of just because that was what caught me by surprise man is like mm-hmm. you know if you die in the line of duty there's a bunch of organizations that are going to come yeah help mm-hmm. and that's great fantastic yeah. i love it thank mm-hmm. you so much like i'm happy that my family would yeah. be taken care of and everything else but what about like the yeah. guys that don't die yep you know yeah. what i mean like you've been Absolutely. through all these things man mm-hmm. you you know, most, you hear counselors or therapists talk about it all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, every time you go through one of these traumatic incidents, it's flicking another pebble in the bucket. Right, right? right. And eventually that bucket gets full and that yep. bucket gets really heavy and eventually it overflows mm-hmm. unless you're doing things to take care of yourself. So, yep. like, unless you're going to the gym or, you know, you're, you know, got a counselor that you see and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the numbers are crazy. Like, right. a normal person experiences like five traumatic things in their entire life. and. Yep. A police officer experiences <laughs> upwards of 700 is like yep. the number that they always use. So, absolutely, you know, it was just weird to me that when you go through one of these things, that there was nobody on the opposite side of mm. it to say, hey, man, like, yep. let's get you some, let's get you a counselor. Mm-hmm. Let's get your blood work done. Let's get yep. you a gym membership. That's something that I mm-hmm. think is awesome. We started working with Integrity Fitness. Okay. I don't know if you know who they are, but. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, it's yeah. over there off of uh, in Winghaven. Yeah. Yep. So, um, John. Mm-hmm. The, one of the owners there, he is a former police officer. Okay, nice. Um, I actually awesome. worked with him. So we started working mm-hmm. with Integrity Fitness. So it's like something that we do now as well as provide like some type of in, that that gym's like really big into like nutrition and okay. gut health awesome. and you know like yeah 
personal training. Um, so it's they're now offering those services to guys during that time off because most of the yeah. time you get like that three to four weeks off of uh -huh. work. Um, and like you don't ever have three or four weeks off in mm -hmm. your entire life, you yeah. know, as, a, as uh -huh. an adult, like you got to get back to work and do your things. Right, but right. that three to four week period, like invest in yourself during that time, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but there was nobody there. No, no. There was like nobody on the opposite side, like pushing and guiding mm -hmm. you. You yeah. know, like I don't know about your incident, but you know, with mine or whatever, it's pretty much, you know, you, you go out drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. You know, you get with the guys and you go, you go out drinking. The you know, kind of, you know, self medicator, whatever you want to call it, or whatever. It, yeah, know. it's like there's a peer to peer aspect mm -hmm. to that, like yeah. being around the boys mm -hmm. and talking about the yeah. incident and kind of decompressing, exactly. but. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, same it's, time, it's, it's, not it's law much. enforcement, yep. dude. It's normally yep. you're having those conversations oh, yeah. over over alcohol, mm -hmm. which. Yep. And that's yeah. what, um, you know, to go back to your point of, you know, there's a lot of organizations for, you know, if you you were to die and everything. And that was one of my things with my organization was like, you know, I want to take care of the, the people that are still here. Yeah, um, me too. One of the guys we for took sure. care of. Uh, well, he he died in the line of uh, duty a couple of years back. And. um Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, you know, take care of him, but um, we got memberships for his family and his kids, and awesome. um, we've been able to, like this past uh, December, I put out a post um, looking to sponsor a family for Christmas, and um, there was a family who just recently lost their um, um, veteran. He took his own life November 30th, and uh, right before Christmas, so we were able to um, cover all the Christmas gifts for the kids and everything Dude, like awesome. that. So, I mean, it doesn't replace, you know, what they lost, but it's just a gesture, you know, we appreciate what your dad did for this country, and yeah. um, sorry for what you had to go through. Have you found doing this, it's been therapeutic for all oh, the oh, things that you've been through? Absolutely, 100%. Um, that's why sometimes I say, it's, I feel like it's, it feels, it feels my cup, if you will. Yeah, um, it I just makes me feel better, makes me feel like I'm actually making a difference, because, you know, you can go arrest somebody today or whatever and he may be back out on the street tomorrow mm -hmm. and you really don't feel like you really <laughs> you know sometimes anything. it's a revolving door but here you know i can see the impact that it's making on people i can see people paying it forward to other people and uh the ripple effect in it it's just amazing you know something that just started out small with a couple of gym memberships now you know i'm have i'm partnering with partnering with other people and i'll uh, have people that I know that are starting their own thing that, you know, kind of ask me for tips and everything like that. So, yeah, but you, yeah, it's, uh, I appreciate it's, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> not, not, yeah, not, not just you, just, you know, a lot of people in general and it's a uh, very rewarding, um, to see it. And then just even people reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, this really helped me out. I was in a dark place. Um, some, some people that I didn't know how, uh, you know, how depressed that they were or whatever. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I was, I was at the end of my rope before you came. And, um, you know, I got a lot of people that support and, you know, donate and everything like that and share my stuff or whatever. And, you know, really makes a difference um, yeah. in these people's lives. Um, just, just know that, you know, someone cares about them. A lot of my military guys will say, you know, in the military, you have all these, um, services and mm -hmm. you know you can go here for this here for that but once you get out there's real no there's no real transition um there's nothing really kind of set up yeah i um, mean kind of on your own so um and i've worked with uh a group called defenders gateway that's out here and they have an app um that kind of 
for a military veterans, whatever, you can kind of see what different services or discounts and stuff like that that they have for military veterans in your area. So mm. I thought that was a cool idea. What was the name of it again? Defenders Gateway. Defenders Gateway. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I just want to make sure we got the name really clear. So oh, yeah. Yeah, Defenders Gateway. Yep. yep, absolutely. Um, so mm-hmm. I heard you talk a couple times throughout this about like how you, you know, after your first incident, um, you prayed a lot. Yep. Um, has mm-hmm. God always been like a part of your life? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, always. I mean, my mom was heavy on that uh, with us as kids, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. But you know, even even um, like all all the operations I would go on, I would pray. Um, you know, Psalms 91, a protection verse um, over me and everything. That's something my mom always she would always pray it for me and you know uh, pray it with me and stuff like that. And so that was a, that was that's probably my big my biggest verse. Um, there and then um but yeah I've always been you know I feel like religious you know um as as, as good as I can be you know yeah. um yeah, none of us always had, had a belief in God and you know I've always known that um it's God that's seen me through all these incidents without him I wouldn't have you know probably yeah. made it as far as I have now but uh but no I mean yeah it's something I've been I've been really big on yeah it's been a big thing yeah. for us too it's been you know 1078 is like a God inspired, yeah. you know, operation. And it's like, we get to be the hands and feet of God. And I feel like the same way for mm-hmm. will be inspired is like yep. that giving and that, that feeling of like, I'm giving back and like, this means something. And you, you said something earlier that I think I can really, um, it, it hits home for me. It's like, what's my legacy? Yep. You know, like you go through like one of these near death experiences Absolutely. and you're like, well, what, it, who am I? You know, like, yep. Who truly am I? Who am I really? Like, yep. if I were to die today, mm-hmm. what would my friend say about me? Exactly. You know, what would my peers say? The guy that I guys that I work with, what would they say about me? And what mm-hmm. would my wife and my kids say about me? And like, for for me, yeah. it was kind of like a f- kick in the butt. Not only did yeah. I feel like, hey, there wasn't any resources out there for me. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a single organization that reached out to me. That's why ten seventy eight takes such like a proactive approach. Yeah. Like, we want to be in front of those dudes like real quickly um, just so they feel that support and that overwhelming support. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also like, you know, I, I, this is a, this is our way of like giving back and serving and like for, for God to be, you know, serve this whole mm-hmm. process as yeah. well so and it's like you said it's therapeutic for you too like 100%. you can help somebody that's been through you know your situation and everything like that and you can be that that resource for somebody that i mean yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah um, <clears throat> so i can't help but notice you're jacked out of your mind um so <laughs> work out occasionally <laughs> yeah so fitness how, how big of a role has fitness played in not just your mental health but you know mm-hmm. you as a person how big of his fitness yes, i've always been you know in the, in the fitness whatever you know growing up playing sports and everything and once the sports were over you know i found the gym um i really looked up to like ronnie coleman and some of them guys like, wait, or whatever. Baby. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so we'd be me and my buddy would be screaming that and we'd be probably 190 pounds <laughs> starting out but but no um yeah i've always been interested in you know and wanting to stay active and everything and um I, I would say starting you know from when i was 21 um really getting involved with the weights and everything and you know even um more recently i've been competing in uh, bodybuilding competitions yeah um, i've done two so far looking at doing a third but prior to police work i was a personal trainer um you know worked in different gyms and everything and um i just 
love the whole atmosphere just you know people getting better working on um themselves um and helping encouraging other people to get better as well so yeah, yeah i just you know always like seeing what i'm capable of you know in any aspect of life um i don't want to you know say that i didn't give it my all yeah. you know or didn't try for this or that and when i had the uh, capabilities to when there's so many people who don't have um or who can't do you know yeah weren't blessed to be able to walk or um lift weights or do stuff like that i want to make the most of what god gave me yeah for sure um and i don't know i don't you don't have to get into like your Mm-hmm. own personal things but like you know was that your form of counseling i don't know if you ever seen a counselor mm-hmm. or anything but was that no. your form of counseling after you're going through all this traumatic stuff was to get in the gym and kind of yeah yeah pretty much um so i've done um i've seen i've seen a couple counselors um i've done the peer support type things and everything like that but really i mean and i mean it's it's cool and everything but i, I don't know um you know some of the people that i've talked to have never been through the things that I've been through. Yeah. Some have like been. Like counselors, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. counselors and yeah. even some of the peer support people, like, they might have been involved in, like, a traumatic incident to, to them, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, because it's different for everybody, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, with me or whatever, like, I still, I'll still be driving downtown or whatever, and I'll expect bullets to start flying through the car stuff like you know what i'm saying stuff yeah. like that like it always stuff always kind of comes back to me so um fitness by far has been better than any counselor <laughs> yeah. I've, I've ever been to i mean and there's and there's some there's some good ones out there you seem like a mentally um, strong person and i mm-hmm. and i think i think like for for me and for like what we're trying to do mm-hmm. that what you just said is like they haven't been through the things that I've been through. And like, that's a big, big part of 1078 yeah. is making sure we get people that like, I just interviewed Annette Jansen uh-huh. uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you know her story, but it's absolutely insane. Okay. Obviously her husband died in the line of duty, but it goes yeah. way, way, way deeper than that. Okay. Like that woman's been through some things mm-hmm. and like, I didn't know half the stuff whenever I, I talked to her. Right. Um, but like, that's the type of person that I could like, okay, that person's been through, through some things. Right, They've right, been right. through some traumatic, I can relate to you yeah, on a whole nother level. 100%. Um, like yeah. Craig Polite is another counselor that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, worked at St. Louis County, got an officer involved shooting, yep. got shot in the line of duty. Like, okay. so like to me, I think that's like one of the biggest things is it, it for, that's a, prime example it's like i can't relate to this person i can't get on their level i can't talk to them about the things that i want to talk to them mm-hmm. because i'm like i'm traumatizing them right, you know, right like the yeah. things that i'm telling yeah. them are like <laughs> yeah i got you you, you know you like, feel like you're uh trauma dumping on them. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like i'm making it worse for this person <laughs> right, right. You know? so that was like a big thing for us is to make sure we had like law enforcement competent counsel like yeah. people that understood the culture in mm-hmm. law enforcement but also had a little bit of baggage on their own you oh, know yeah. so like a guy like you, you know, mm-hmm. you've been through so many different traumatic events, like going there, at yeah. least the person has somewhat of an understanding of oh, yeah. who you are as a person, Definitely. the things that you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's not, and that's like a really common reaction. Mm-hmm. You said you did peer support stuff like peer support groups or uh, peer support where, you know, different agencies, stuff like that have uh, a peer support group, whatever, like um, people who will go around and after an officer involved shooting mm-hmm. or traumatic incident, um, it'll be like two or three people that come in and it's, you know, like, Hey, you know, open forum, tell us about your feelings and, you know, or they'll tell about their experiences and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I've done that. I've done the, um, 
like I said, the psychologist, whatever you go in and, um, you know, he starts talking to you about baseball or something like that. And they'd be like, well, how'd it feel getting hit by that car? <laughs> <You> know, just, <laughs> just out of nowhere. <laughs> it just turns quick. Um, but yeah, I went but to the not, same guy, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I exactly. know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. So, um, but I mean, I thought, you know, I, I would say, you know, people that have been involved with me, um, with the incidents or whatever, maybe talking with them has helped me more than, actually talking to, you know, counselors and stuff and just kind of being able to work it out on my own ways. And that's why I'm just huge in the gym. But my faith plays a, a big part in it, man. Being honest, like if I didn't have my faith and, you know, just knowing that God has me and everything's going to be all right, I probably wouldn't be as mentally strong as I am right now. But I just have this, you know, overwhel that. overwhelming feeling that, you know, everything's part of God's plan. Love it, dude. I'm here where I'm supposed to be at this moment. Um, Everything that I've gone through is preparing me for the next step in life. Dude, yep. you're speaking my story. Yep. <laughs> That's like a hundred percent everything. That yep. I I I can't believe, I can't remember who was I, I was talking to. I was it was in this podcast forum and mm -hmm. I I really don't know how people do this job without God. Oh yeah. Like oh, I yeah. I have no idea <laughs> right. how yeah. you can and like you know, you you've been through traumatic things. I've been through oh, yeah. traumatic things, like, you know, more than the average trauma, Absolutely. you know, yeah. but still like going to the suicides, going to all the dead bodies oh, you yeah. have to see and dealing with house fires, people yeah. losing everything and bad car accidents and death in oh, general. Yeah. And like guys just like I, the, the things I don't understand, man, I put mm -hmm. it on God, dude. Yeah. I like, I have a conversation mm -hmm. with God and kind of yeah. surrender all that to him. And oh yeah, like without him, dude, I don't, without yeah. God, I don't know. I got to I the point where I truly yeah, don't know. Absolutely. And no, I agree. And not to cut you off, but, but yeah, with, when you talk about seeing the dead bodies and everything like that, almost came, became numb to some of them. But then, you know, one thing that really bothered me was seeing kids. Oh yeah. Like dude, uh, sure. kids of, you know, abused or when kids were killed and stuff like that, that like always just got me. And those were the ones that, uh, I would have a, a rough time with. Yeah. I really would. But, um, but yeah, man. Like, <laughs> if, if it weren't for God, then yeah, I don't know if I'd been able to handle a lot of that stuff. Um, but I mean, and you see, you know, pe you know, police officers nowadays quitting, um, or you know, al alcoholism, um, substance abuse, um, just finding you know other ways of dealing with it that aren't healthy. Um, yeah. And those, uh, I mean, and now more often, whatever, if I'm kind of seeing that or people, people well, I'm to the point now where you know how hard it is for, you know, veterans or first mm -hmm. funders or police to ask for help. Yeah. I'm to the point now to where people are like, hey, Will, this guy's having a rough time. Maybe, you know, look out for him or uh, maybe you could hit him up or do this, whatever. And that was, you know, always the goal because initially, you know, you'd be like, hey, man, you want a membership? Oh, I'm good. Give it, to, give it to the next guy or, you know, somebody else needs it more than me or, you know. Just weren't weren't too accepting. I think of those it. are the exact words that the dude I sent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is which is fine, man. You know, um, and and if someone doesn't want to take me up on a membership, maybe you know they'll see how another service helps somebody else and be like, okay, well maybe I'll try that, whatever. So it's like you know I offer different things and pretty much anything that can help out physically mentally i'm down for i mean i've sent people to chiropractic visits and covered that um like i said before blood work um you know just you know whatever man i'm just trying to um spread it out as much as possible yeah yeah just give back in general mm -hmm. yeah dude yep. i love it man like i, I 
it was uh, relieving to me to find like somebody else that was mm-hmm. like we do different things, but we yeah. do the same thing at the same time. Right. Like our our goal is to try and do, like be there immediately, and right. but we have like such similar views, mm-hmm. like as people, mm-hmm. but also like as our organizations of like making yeah. sure we're. Like, my goal was to address mind, body, spirit. Like, the three things. Yep. Give them information about God. Give them information about counseling and yep. EMDR and the yep. P- how to get in PCIS and mm-hmm. all the other things. And um, and then the last thing is get them in the gym. Yep. You know what I mean? Get them in the gym. Get Absolutely. them working out. Get their hormones and mm-hmm. chemicals in your brain right. Oh, yeah. Um, because they're not right after you go through a critical incident. You're, you're, you know, everything's all mm-hmm. whacked out. So get them back in the gym, get those dopamine levels hitting Absolutely. And, uh, and get them working. So dude, I love what you're doing. I couldn't be more thankful to, uh, to, to have the ability to work with you to a oh, certain yeah. extent. So, Absolutely. um, I know you got places to go and things to do. I just really wanted to have you on here. I wanted, we'll be inspired to, for everybody <laughs> to know about, we'll be inspired and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we'll shout you out and continue to, to, you know, work together. And, um, it'd be cool if, uh, if, uh, maybe we can partner up together to send mm-hmm. some people out to Colorado, maybe next 100%, year. Yep. hundred percent. Um, and I'm looking at doing maybe some, uh, you know, some other things out that way. I'm going to do some other events around here, like a top golf and everything. I'm going to have my golf. Tur- I'm going to announce my golf tournament probably later on this week or next week and everything. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm always open for partnering yeah, and uh, and things like that. And uh, to your note on, um, you know, on the physicality and helping people and stuff like that, I don't know if you – it was an interview I was watching, um, and it might have been Andrew Tate or something like that, <laughs> where he has a guy that emails him and said, hey, I'm going to kill myself just randomly out of blue. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, before you do that, get a six-pack or whatever. And he says uh, – he said, dude – the dude's like, okay. So the dude ended up starting working out every day or whatever, ended up getting a six pack. He's like, Hey, I don't want to kill myself anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was just uh, you know, the working out and you know, he probably got him out of that that mindset and who knows if the dude was really going to. But I mean, I've just seen, you know, physical fitness and exercise change so many people's lives. And um, you know, I just wish people would um consider that before they would consider like the prescription drugs or, yeah dude invest in yourself you know the alcohol and things like that um listen dude if you got yeah. time to be that yes, big yeah. run a nonprofit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. do what you're doing uh-huh. you know for a job mm-hmm. if you got time to do all of those things yep uh, you got 30 minutes in the gym Absolutely. dude you, it, yeah. if it's your first day go walk on the treadmill yeah Get Absolutely. to the gym, force yourself to do something difficult every day. That mental resilience comes mm-hmm. through forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And Absolutely. Get in. The, I, I've seen, you know, Joe Rogan says the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Somebody's like, well, not everybody can work out. He's like, everybody can work out. Oh, yeah, out. absolutely. Everybody absolutely. can work out, 100%. even if you have to go walk mailboxes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to walk to my neighbor's mailbox, and I'm going right. to walk back. Right. It's, Let me ask you, uh, what do you, like, with you being new to the whole nonprofit mm-hmm. game, what do you feel has been your biggest struggle so far? Just exposure, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get exposure. It is, yeah. You know, and it's hard to, it, it, it's hard to uh to gain trust mm-hmm. of like corporations oh, yeah. and stuff like that it's yeah. like i'm asking people to give me their hard-earned money yeah. and you know mm-hmm. it's hard for i, I get it you know yeah. what i mean like i if i were in their shoes i would feel the exact same yeah, way yeah. so yeah. really yeah. it's just, just exposure and then you know funding to do the things that i really want to do because i got mm-hmm. big dreams dude we're like yeah. sending guys all over the country next year mm-hmm. well i guess it's now this year but um, we're sending guys down to florida for yeah. fishing trips we're sending guys out to mark twain lake for fishing awesome. trips um, so, and then we're trying to set up like a really big, like once in a lifetime hunt with American heroes hunt. Okay. Um, so like those, 
I have big aspirations yep. and big dreams and yep. also I'm the type of person that when I have my mindset on something, I'm mm. going to run through the wall to make it happen. Yep, so absolutely. it's just been, those have been my big things. It's like calming myself down yeah. of like, Hey man, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right now. Yeah. I mean, slow down. Every, everybody started somewhere. Time. I mean, I, um, you know, I'll, I'll look on social media and stuff like that. And I'll see some of these other organizations getting million dollar checks and stuff. Like oh, that. Dude. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I have to fight. <laughs> I have to fight my ego every time. I have like, oh, I deserve that. Man. Like, it's like, right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, kudos but I mean, to them. Dude. Oh yeah. Kudos I mean, they've to been them, around man. putting in the work and, you know, been there for family after family. And, you know, like these big organizations, they didn't happen overnight. You know, they started out by helping one family, then the next, and the next. And people it's like, okay, this is a trusted organization. Yeah, and they're about what they say they're about because, not. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of nonprofits out here scamming people. <laughs> you yeah, know, 100%. And, that, and that's what you know, and that's what people will see or whatever. It's like, okay, why is this person got million dollar houses and stuff like that when they're supposed to be this money's supposed to be going yeah. to good or whatever? So that was my my other thing too with mine. It's like I don't want to be like. I want people to be. Pre- I'm pretty transparent with it, and that's why I post like this is membership this, and this m- this money's going towards this, so everybody can kind of see where the money's going to, yeah. and um, you know, see you know immediately, you know, that they've made an impact on somebody else's life. Yeah, like a mutual uh, person, Ashley from A and N Skin, yep. dude. Mm-hmm. She's bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I sat with her. I sat down with her. Uh-huh. She helped us out. Mm-hmm. She uh, donated to the nonprofit. Yeah. And, like, you know, so there's people out there oh, that yeah. want to help. Yeah, man. she's there's been uh, she's um, been a part of my golf tournament. She's yeah. donated in other ways, but no, she's a great person, big heart. Yeah, legit. Ashley's great people. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the I completely understand your feelings, man. I mm. see like other organizations like we just got a hundred and seventy five thousand dollar check. I'm like, I'm asking for like ten grand, man. If I can get ten grand, I can do yeah. all the things I want oh, to yeah. do this year. Yeah, yeah. You do know? you have a uh, what? What events have you thought we're, about? Uh, so we're gonna do a trivia night. Okay. I just started planning that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of organizations that have stepped up to, you know, donate baskets yep. and or donate drinks or mm-hmm. venues and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. and that's part of it, too, is just been like learning the process of of how to yeah. make it, people have you feel uh, comfortable giving. Have you looked into grants and grant writers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. trying to stay away from grants yeah. because yep. there's so many stipulations that they put on them. Gotcha, that, gotcha, gotcha. You know, and I don't want to be. I want to be able to do what our organization wants to do yeah. without, yeah. you know, like, you know, so. 100%. No, I, I get that 100%. Like, we've, you know, we've, we've been operating without any grants at all, whatever. It's just all been donations. And, you know, I sell the T-shirts and clothing and yeah. um, in between the big events and everything. And, you know, you'll get your, um, you know, people who really believe in your mission and start really just backing you or whatever. And that's, you know, that's what really, because, I mean, there's probably – with three, four companies or whatever, that uh, if it weren't for them, like <laughs> we wouldn't be rolling like we are. Yeah, but yeah, some uh, some great, really great people out there. It's just building those connections mm-hmm. and and uh, you know. Yeah, you said twenty twenty one is when you started. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I've been operating for like I don't know eight months. Yeah. you know, so yeah. I'm still at the in mm-hmm. the very beginning stages. But, and and the more you put yourself out there, it's like you'll see a lot of people. They want to give and they want to help out. They just don't know what to give to or help to. So mm-hmm. when you know you have a common because i mean everybody could you know wants to not everybody but there are a lot of people that still you know back to blue and everything Mm -hmm. like that and know what you know these guys have to go through and um a lot of people know that they're not built for that or whatever so you know you know if we want to keep you know cops and you know people sane and everything like that we need to 
show them, you know, we care yeah. about them and care about their mental health and um, their well-being as well. So um, we still have police in the future. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. And, and you see it right now. It's like our society is kind of paying for that. Yep. You know, police mm-hmm. departments are understaffed and, right. you know, I don't know, St. Louis City, call them and try and report something stolen out of your car. Yep. Mm-hmm. See how long it takes for a cop yep. to get there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because... I try and I truly try not to get political at all because I don't mm-hmm. care about any of that. Like I don't want my organization to be affiliated with yeah. like that political stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the choices of that community, man. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. they've yeah. they've made that they've made they've made it very difficult to be a police officer there. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah. the the amount of dudes mm-hmm. leaving there is. Insane. The police department that I work for, I don't know. We probably hired like six St. Louis County guys in the last, oh, really? uh, St. Yeah. Louis City guys in the last. Well, I mean, I still see the pictures of uh, the uniforms stacked up at the city and everything like that. And you know, some some of it's the. Uh, well, I mean, the area has always been the area, you yeah. know, and the crimes yeah. always um, been the crime and stuff like that. But you used to have people. Um, above you that would back you and stuff like that and would you know want to see but you know when you start putting feet to, uh you know officers feet to the fire and you know you don't have their backs and you know you don't you don't want to prosecute certain crimes and things like that and you know it's almost like you know what what am i risking my life for <laughs> you know if yeah. you know this guy just killed somebody and you we got camera footage we got this we got that everything needed to put this person away and you, no never mind <laughs> and like What's, what's the point? So, it's insane, man. Yeah, it's uh, very unfortunate. And um, hopefully, I mean, it seems like things might be turning around in the city. And I'm hoping I hope so. the pendulum swings back the other way with a lot of this stuff. But yeah. Well, the, th- the craziest thing is, is if you look at the statistics of, like, what cops are stressed out the most about mm-hmm. and what causes them to have, like, issues, it's administrations. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, the number one thing is yep. administrations. Yep. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's – and – internal problem obviously but mm-hmm. it, i feel like a lot of it has to do with just the way that society views policing right now oh yeah you know yeah. and it's like there's a lot of people um making decisions for police that have never been the police and never had to experience what you know the police have had to experience I, I don't know if you've seen or whatever but there was a reporter who was always bashing police and police tactics and everything like that and i think one department was like hey why don't you come do a shoot scenario with us or whatever so they had him do a shooting scenario um you know you know the vr type mm-hmm. stuff and um and then the dude would just shoot or whatever. It's like, well, why did you shoot that person? He was coming at me. He's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then the guy was like, you know what, um, you know, kind of apologized. I was like, you know what, I really didn't understand what it was like to be a police officer until now because, you know, yeah. everybody wants a, everybody wants a Monday morning quarterback and, you know, it's say easy to Monday this, morning yeah, quarterback when you're not under stress. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Absolutely, oh yeah. And bolts start flying at you. Yeah, yeah. Changes, you gotta, changes the dynamic yeah, significantly. A split second to make a decision. It's like a lot of people don't realize um, <laughs> what they're asking of others. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's not an easy job, man. If it's mm-hmm. an easy job, everybody do yep. it. Absolutely, hundred you know, percent. It's not an easy job. It's a difficult job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. The vast majority of people are out there doing a really good job. Yeah, there are 100%. some. There yeah. are some guys that are out there doing a not so good job, yeah. or just like with everything else. Know, there's bad plumbers. There's bad doctors. There's bad cops. Hundred you know? percent. And but at the end of the day, and that's what I always say is like, you have to have police. It's like, and if you don't have enough people wanting to be the police, then unfortunately, you're going to get 
bottom of the barrel guy somewhere. And it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's, it is, you know, some people are just it's looking at staff cops or whatever. And you got so many people talking about what police should do and everything. And every once in a while, I'll put up an application for a department and be like, hey, apply here, you know, <laughs> you know, help out, be the change that you wish to see and take action. That's my big thing. It's yeah, like, you know, well, don't talk about it, be action. about it. Yeah. So. All right, brother. Well, yeah. uh, we're running up on the, oh, the allotted yeah, time you gave me. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> I just want to say thanks. Thanks for all your help. And, uh, and then I, I look forward to, to working together and, Absolutely. and, uh, you know, we'll take action. Absolutely. Let's get it. All right, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, for yep. sure. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys support. I appreciate you guys listening to the episode all the way through. Um, like I said, the 1078 project has uh, had, a, had a little bit of difficulties getting notified of officers that have been involved in officer-involved shootings. Um, so if you are aware of an officer, uh, feel free to go to 1078project.com. You'll see on our website there's a, a space where you can refer officers. Um, just fill out all the necessary information. We just ask that you give us a little bit of information about the officer, maybe the police department he works at, if he's married, how many kids he ha- has, just so we can design the box to the best of our ability to make sure we're supporting that officer and his or her family as well as possible. Again, guys, thanks for the support. Uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, like, share the podcast, and uh, until next time, hang in there, boys. The 1078 Project Podcast is proudly sponsored by Deemed Fit. Deemed Fit is an activewear and a leisure company created for first responders. Be a part of their movement to instill confidence, motivation, and a willingness to keep pushing forward. Deemed Fit is a first responder-owned company looking to help first responders and their friends stay as physically and mentally fit as possible. Stay Deemed Fit.